I feel like uh, right before we get on, um, did you ever see the video of Jack Nicholson psyching himself up to uh, in the Shining? In the Shining to do like, the, brruh, brruh, brruh. the here's Johnny scene. He's like, come on, come on. And, that's that's kind of what I do right before we record. I got to get up yeah. To is that, that. That's what you do. Yeah, <laughs> and that poor was it? Sh- is it Shelley Long? Is that her name? Yeah, that poor thing. I know. You know, he's not known as one take Kubrick either. So they did that for like weeks. I, I read, is it Shelley Long? I always get, no, Shelley Winters. Duval? Winters. Shelley Duval. Duval. Duval, okay. Who's Shelley Long? Shelley Long played um, uh, uh, Mrs. Brady in the Brady Bunch movies. She was in Cheers. Uh, okay. I think she played, not Diane. Who is she in Cheers? Oh my God. Oh. All, the cheer, all the Cheers head Cheers heads out there are like, screaming at their at the radios right now have we started yet diane yes oh we're we're rolling hey oh hey <laughs> hey i'll like slowly fade that in in our cheers talks oh uh, hey man cheers cheers Blink. all right oh. welcome back Welcome Oof. back to, to Cheers Talk. Um, I'm Elliot, <laughs> and I'm Jake. No, you know I've never seen I've never actually seen a full episode of Cheers. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm more, I, of, a, I'm more of a Frasier guy myself. I can dig on some Frasier. I same thing with Frasier. I was always too young for for both. I remember my I remember my mom watching those, um, but I I think I I, I was too young. I, I think now, I'm that, now, now that you're old as shit, you should check out some Frasier. It's it's really now, fun. Now that I'm six, now now that I just turned, you know, 60, 60 something, I'm ready to go back. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, how you been, Jake? Doing okay. Um, uh, uh, wow. We're really? a little rusty, guys. It's hot out. It's like 120 degrees, real feel uh, it, here in Texas. It, it's so, uh, I'm wearing a tank top. I'm embarrassed by it. Uh, uh, we, 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 our brains just get baked all day, and then we sit down to talk tunes and all that, and so we, we get a little rusty. I literally got like disoriented walking from the grocery store to my car today. Like parking I, lots, I, bro. I, I like I I, I was like shaking. I'm like, man, it's 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 really intense. Um, so stay cool out there, please. Stay cool. A really good way to stay cool is to. Sip on a Mimo, and we should say welcome to Sip and Mimo. It's not actually a Cheers show. It's a show where Jake and I... Oh, do you want to do it? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. No, you're on fire. Go for it. Oh, it's a show where, well, Jake and I, Elliot, we we have a beverage, and we... we, No, I, Elliot. I, Elliot. You're you're ruining my flow. Sorry, Uh, sorry, sorry. You're hot. You're hot. Go for it. All right. Energy. Jake and I <laughs> give each other a homework assignment of an album from the 90s, usually. Jake likes Radio Rock. I like Electronica. We compare and contrast and have a good old time doing so. How's that? That's, that was good. Um, give, give your proper spiel. Like you, you have like a defined thing. That, no, that was good. Uh, let's do like a, can we do like a take two? Yeah, we can do a take two. Okay. Kubrick. Take- Kubrick over here wants another take. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna do this sixty times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until we get it right. Welcome back to Sip Mimos, uh, the internet's premier uh, audio podcast, wherein 
my partner Elliot and I discuss 90s rock and uh, electronica albums uh, sometimes, but not always, while uh, sipping on a delicious mimosa. Elliot, how yeah. have you been? I've been all right, man. End of discussion. Moving All on. Right. No, no, I've been I've been well. Um oh my kid turned two and guess oh. who came to the party? Oh. Jake did. I had the great honor of being there. It was it was wonderful. See, seeing you in dad mode is something that I haven't had the pleasure of seeing. Uh and I know. I went it, way too uh, overdue. Long it, overdue. It, it was beautiful. Uh daughter is the cutest, sweetest little girl, and uh it, it was it was a total pleasure being there. Yeah, it was great to have you. Uh, the kid's really into Moana. It's like her favorite thing. That and Frozen. And Jake brought the little stuffed pig, like Pua. And and she like sleeps with it every night. It's the sweetest thing. It was funny. Um, Elliot, I texted Elliot and I said, okay, so what 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 kind of things do, does your daughter like? like I, I think I asked, like, what is she into? You know? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's her deal? What's and, this kid's uh, deal? Elliot was like, Frozen, Moana and books and i thought okay awesome so everything i as a 34 year old uh man am into i love it <laughs> yeah yeah i sent a picture of uh me and the daughter listening to records while, and i'm wearing bunny ears that's so cute it's, it's what, pretty cool when you play records is there like um what what does she do when like you put that put the record on and it spins is there like any like is there like a wonderment? What what happens? She's very curious, and she just starts pushing all the buttons on the amplifier and like twist the knobs and like it's just, <laughs> you know. What I mean? She just starts she scratching, likes, like yeah, like, <laughs> like back again. Yeah. So the question was, do I have any Disney vinyl? I do. I didn't realize I had this this many. Um, I have the Rescuers, my, one of my top five favorite Disney movies of all time. Um, Rescuers one or two, down uh, under one. Okay, even though Rescuers down under, one of the mice's name was Jake, and I always thought that was cool. Oh, that sounded uh, more Liverpool, but all right. He <laughs> sounded like Paul McCartney. I'm uh, from Australia. That's that's it right there. <laughs> the Fox and the Hound. Um, Oof. Do you want to build a snowman? Um, forty-five. Wow. Uh, Tron Legacy. Sure, a, sure, sure. A goofy movie, Coco, Lion King. I have. It turns out I have a lot of Disney vinyl. How about that? And you got Moana, don't you? Uh huh. Cool. That Moana picture disc. Lin Manuel Miranda, man. I know. God, that that you can that you can write. Yeah. That you can write a catchy song. That Dwayne Johnson, you're welcome tune is pretty fire. I love uh, uh, Jermaine when Jermaine Clement sings Chardonnay. <laughs> yeah, the Bowie tune. Don't you know? He's like doing his Bowie impression. It's pretty great. What does he do? He's like, he says something like, oh, that's bioluminescent algae or something like that. <laughs> I haven't seen Moana in a minute, but I see it uh, about three times a week. <laughs> um, but like the, 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 I've been standing, staring at the water. Oh. Uh, that that song like like oh boy, tearing up oh, a little yeah. bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Speaking well, of tearing up to animated movies, what's that? I, I saw Across the Spider Verse. Oh, how was it? Is, is that the title? Across the Spider Verse. Then we have Beyond coming in two years, right? Yeah, because yeah. it was Into and now Across. 
I could have given them notes on these titles, frankly. But um, uh, I know I I feel like there's too many rises in superhero movies and uh, pop culture. So you have like a rise of the machines, then you mm-hmm. have um. Dark rise of Night Skywalker, rises, Rise of Skywalker, Evil Dead what is, Rise. What is it about the rises thing? I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where it's it's a word that it's it evokes something in in the public, like rise. It's a very dramatic the, word. I don't know. The, the fire rises. Which one's Bane? That? Oh, Bane. That's, right. Oh, that's. <laughs> They're expecting one of us in the wreckage, brother. <laughs> it's not great. Huh? That's pretty good, Tom Hardy. Uh, let's co- let's cover let's cover up the most beautiful mouth in Hollywood <laughs> with this crazy crab face mask. I know. I was just talking about uh, Dark Knight Rises uh, w- with a friend. I I, I want to go back and rewatch that one. Oh uh, boy, that one's it's divisive. I'm psyched for Oppenheimer. 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 Oh, man. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be intense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But man, that that cast is just. Sure. They're saying this no. is going to be Killian? Cillian? I believe it's Killian. Killian? Oh, but Spider-Verse was great. Uh, oh, it was good. Sorry. Uh, um, it was uh, It was good. Good. I uh, We haven't seen it. Um, last thing we saw, we've been, we've been going back and watching all the Twilights. Uh-huh. I've never seen them. Uh, and my wife was like, let's watch Twilight. And I sure. said, okay. And um, there's something I'm 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 happy to uh, to finally know and see and 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 know. I don't think I understand, but be able to see what was such a big part of pop culture for such a long time. I heard the last couple ones get pretty wild. Oh man, like uh, pretty violent and crazy. They'll have like moments of just like straight up, just like. A vampire would just like twist another vampire's head off, and you're just like, "Oh, like wow, out of nowhere." Okay. Um, did you did you finish up all the uh, paranormal Paranormal Activity movies? So the only or one did you, I didn't, I haven't watched. You jumped, the, you jumped ship. Yeah, <laughs> I had the last two. As far as scary movie goes, scary movies go. I watched Evil Dead Rise, uh, oh, which I previously I, I, mentioned. A neighbor like knocked on my door last night and asked me like, if I would watch it with him because he got scared. <laughs> and I said, like, I don't want to watch that. It's kids in trouble. I don't want to see that. Was it was it terrifying? No, I mean it was it wasn't too bad. I the newer ones are just kind of like just supplemental to those original um Bruce Campbell ones. I mean, just those are just so great. Um yeah. uh Big particularly fan. two and two and three um Army, Army of Darkness. Darkness. Yeah. Um I remember I, I caught the like the re reboot half reboot evil dead or like the yeah. evil dead they call it or whatever and i was like oh this is like taking it too seriously and i'm just like bummed out now where that first one was like such a genius balance of like comedy and horror this one's just kind of like you know horror 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 scary scary, scary you know a, a sort of joke and then horror you know just like nastiness um yeah the makeup looked cool i mean it's it i feel like it was a lot of the same stuff as uh the one from, I guess, 2013, God, you know, 10 years ago now, um, the remake with Jane, Jane Levy, um, with the, the yellow contacts with the black, black pupils, mm-hmm. it's always like with the scary eyes thing. Oh yeah. Um, you get, you get a thing about scary eyes. Yeah. Um, I remember that, but it was okay. I feel like honestly, uh, it, it was a, it was a case of, I'd seen 
I'd seen enough of like the previews and screenshots of it, you know, in the past like five, six months leading up to it that during the movie, I was like, oh, okay, like I'm not scared of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I can't tell you how many times like I was up on like Instagram late at night and I would scroll up and there'd be like the main monster from Evil Dead, you know, ah! you know? <laughs> uh, so I was kind of desensitized to it. Um, but it, I mean, eh, eh. eh. Yeah, I think I gave it like one and a half on Letterboxd. The Flash bombed. Uh, bombed. Uh, I haven't seen it. And now I'm like, oh, really? It's not even like fun. Uh, a friend of mine somehow got preview sh- preview tickets um, what? to see it about two weeks before it came out, which is weird. We didn't have to sign like an NDA or anything. I thought we would have to. Did, you, you went? Uh-huh. Bro. <laughs> uh Oh, so you, you saw it, you saw it two weeks before it premiered. You didn't you didn't even like text me a review or anything. I, I was gonna I was I was saving it for for the show. Okay, well let's hear it then. Thoughts? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that seems to be the consensus. Um, they're I already think, like it'll be streaming in three weeks. Next, we're, I think we're like, over yeah, it. like next month. Like, um, they're like, they're like, sorry guys, we're just gonna put it online. Like, I think wow, it was it so got, hyped. It got pushed back like what four years. Yeah, um, like a lot. It was a really, really awesome experience um, to be able to see a, a preview screening because I'd never done anything like that before. Yeah, um, and there were some, there were some kind of cool things, but like, man, I feel like uh, I feel like so much of like the Snyderverse, uh, DC, like the um, like the CGI, it's just it doesn't, it looks bad, you know. Like I heard it, I heard it looks pretty weird. It does, and I mean, it, it was cool seeing Michael Keaton again. Um, yeah, uh, but it wasn't, was, wasn't enough to save the movie. Yeah, damn, what a letdown! There was a really cool thing at the end that I think I think I think might might be fun, uh, and we'll have to. I think it's we'll been have... spoiled for me. I I was like, after like the reviews were coming out, like, oh, it's not that great. I think I know what it is. Is it the is it Clooney? Is that the cool yeah, thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, but like, all right. I loved it. <laughs> I heard um, they like I heard they like begged and begged and pleaded for Christian Bale. And he was like, no. Just absolutely really? like well, wouldn't that be cooler? Like if Christian yeah. Bale showed up at the end? Come on. Um, but yeah. what are you gonna do? The whole universe is falling apart and rebooting anyways. I know. I, I it'll be interesting to see what James Gunn does with it. Um They just cast Superman. Yeah. And Lois Lane. It's uh yeah. the People actor that plays Miss Maisel. Marvelous the marvelous Miss Maisel. Is it? Is that Lois yeah. Lane? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Who's the dude? Who is Superman? He is... He looks like every other dude on TV right now. Rachel Brosnahan. Bro- Bro- that, Brosnahan. That, she's... That's, that's Ms. Mabel? Yeah. Uh, so she's going to be Lois Lane. I've heard that show's great. Oh, it's killer. Uh, oh, written, okay, cool. Written by the, the same folks who do uh, Gilmore Girls, or who did Gilmore Girls. Okay. And the act, the actor playing, is David Corn Sweat. Corn Sweat, <laughs> that can't be right. Corn Sweat, C O R E N S W E T. Corn Sweet. Someone just sent me the announcement thing. Oh, he was in. Uh, he was in Pearl. Pearl. Have you seen those Pearl movies? The. Uh... Oh no! I know what you're talking about. Uh, I heard they're pretty cool. Uh, I liked. I liked X. Um, a little bit Corin, more Corin Sweat. Um, I heard those pro movies are cool, uh, but maybe 
maybe a little too scary for me. I don't know. We'll yeah, uh, I, I'm excited. I think it'll be cool. Um, James Gunn seems like he knows what he's doing and uh, will fight for uh, his his vision. And I think that's important for for superhero movies when you have big studios pushing yeah. for uh, an agenda, uh, you know, universe building, that kind of thing. I trust him. I, I caught Guardians 3 since we last recorded. I, I enjoyed it a great deal. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Crying a lot. What? Okay, get going. Okay, <laughs> so do you remember, spoiler alert for Guardians 3, do you remember at the end when Groot says, I love you guys? I do. I remember that. Okay. Did you hear the theory about why? Why yeah. you can understand it? Because we can. Huh? Because we, we all know Groot now. Yes, because we're part of yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's right. How cool love, is that? I love that. that <laughs> yeah. Which, which, if you were to reverse engineer that theory at the end of the first Guardians, when he says, we are Groot, and we kind of don't understand what he means, that's us, like, lesson number one, and learning how to learn Groot. Oh, come on. Yeah, when he's like, I love you guys. It's great. Oh, and, like, right before that, Gamora is on that balcony where he's like, I am Groot. She's like, yeah, I'll be in in a second. And she, like, looks at herself. She's like, oh. I, I I can understand him. That's amazing. That's some good shit. How about that hallway fight scene? Oh, there's like a six minute long one shot insanity uh, of the Guardians just like decimating. It's so violent. I don't know how they didn't get an R rating. I think they're just like Gun can do whatever he wants. This is his last hurrah. And like we fucked up. He's going to DC now, and he will be our competition moving forward. But like let him let him go nuts on this one. I have one note on that fight scene, which is incredible. It it's set to no sleep till Brooklyn. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think it would have been cooler if it was just no music whatsoever. Yeah, it would have been more uh, impactful, I think. But that's just my note. And I know, like the whole needle drop thing is kind of the whole idea behind Guardians. And it's 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 a it's a motif, but uh, like no sleep to Brooklyn is like a party anthem, and like they're slaughtering these people. Like there's a different song for that. I don't know. Well, it, it, I think it would have been maybe uh, like something not so like on the nose, like maybe what like if, a... what if it was Master of Puppets or something like that? Like that would have been sick. But like yeah. you know, a little something a little more aggressive. I guess it's a pretty metal Beastie Boys tune, but you like, know, yeah, I, I I really liked it. Um, I was really worried, you know, like I, I'm I'm that guy who, you know, I I don't want to see. Like I remember freaking out that they were going to kill off Chewbacca uh, in um, Rise of Skywalker. There were two ships, bro. <laughs> As we say, somehow Chewbacca. Fuck that survived. movie. <laughs> um, you know, but like I, I'm, I'm that person that like gets like you know emotionally attached to these uh, fictional characters, and I'm just like, I don't want to see him die. You're um, supposed to be attached. Yeah, that's the whole idea. <laughs> Um, speaking of, are you excited for this Indiana Jones? Nope. What? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I re- I was thinking back to I saw like the trailer again or whatever, uh, and I was thinking back to that. You remember that time when we were all hanging out, um, and our friend Anthony has never seen Indiana Jones, any Indiana Jones movie. So oh, we did like, the Drumgo cut. We did the Drumgo cut. Well remembered. Uh, we want to tell the listeners what the Drumgo cut is. How to introduce someone to Indy. So if I was going to introduce someone to the world of Indiana Jones, you know, well, it, it, so if you're familiar with familiar with the franchise, it starts off, I forget, 1930, 1933, 
maybe. Well, the movie came out afterwards. They were hanging onto the footage of the real events for a while. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, okay. It's based in 19. Hold on. That's gonna, that's gonna that's gonna bother me. Let me see. Will it? <laughs> it's yeah. The opening of Raiders. It's you know, give me the idol, I'll give you the whip. It's the sandbag thing when he moves the idol. It's great. The big ball. Let me see. Him. Okay, 1936. Okay. So you feel better now? I feel better now. Um so okay, so the first Indiana Jones, well, I guess it's just Raiders of the Lost Star, takes place in 1936. Uh the second movie in the franchise, Temple of Doom, takes place is before. Actually, is actually, yeah, it's actually a prequel. It takes place in 1935. Because they didn't want him hooking up with anyone after Marion was so effective. And then the third one. My personal favorite, the uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, takes place. Oh, it's one, that's my favorite in 1938. But we open before in 1912. Yeah, when he's played by River Phoenix. Uh, Jake has a marker board he's whipped out behind him, and he's drawn a diagram yeah. for me. Like I <laughs> get it. I'm but... doing the Pepe Sylvia thing um, from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> but like, how I would do it is I would start off. With like the first like 15, 20 minutes of Last Crusade when he's a he's a teenager. And he gets the and he gets the uh the hat. The fedora. The fedora. The fedora. Thank you. I was trying to find that. <laughs> and then from there I would show the entirety of Temple of Doom. Then I would show Raiders. Yeah. And then I would do Last Crusade. And that's the last movie they made when and they didn't do anything else. That was it. It was a perfect trilogy. <laughs> Actually, I would probably do the first like 20 minutes of Crystal Skull because I find that very entertaining. I liked the beginning, too. It's not that bad of a movie, really. We've had worse. It's better than Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll say that. I don't know. People shit on that movie too much, I think. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it was, you know, I think I think maybe like as as a as a society, we were getting maybe burned out on Shia LaBeouf, maybe. It was uh, uh, LaBeouf fatigue. Yeah, it was, it was I, a lot of Shia. And it was a, and it was so many years later that a new generation was being introduced to this character, and they're like, "Why is this old man swinging on ropes? I don't get it." And so it just yeah. didn't, it just didn't read. So I don't, I've, I've heard mixed reviews of this new one coming out. I'm not terribly excited to see it. So, see, I, I, I am. I, I like, I love Harrison Ford. I think he's maybe top five actors for me. As I've gotten older, I think I've started to like really appreciate Harrison Ford as. As a personality, as an actor, um, I'm excited. Um, I'm, I'm optimistic. He's fighting Nazis again, which is what you want to see Indiana Jones do. You know what I'm saying? Is that right? Uh-huh. Is he though? Is this confirmed? Um, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. I'm pretty. I think is. Oh, Mads is dope. He's a good the, actor. The main baddie. He plays a great bad guy. I'll catch it eventually. So 1945. That's when. Uh, Does that timeline add up? That doesn't sound right because it's been way longer in his timeline, right? When did what year was Crystal Skull taking place in? That's in the fifties because they're doing the Cold War and Russia's the bad guy and the nukes and all that. Yeah, they nuke the fridge famously. Yes, (laughs) it would have to be after that. So before it would be. Is it set before Crystal Skull? Yeah, so Crystal Skull is set in nineteen fifty-seven. Okay. So, unless he's, it's like some like, you know, secret like sect of like, you know, Nazis hiding and trying to like start it back up again, or it's sometime between 
Last Crusade and Crystal Skull. Hmm. Man, why'd they have to go and make things so complicated? <laughs> are, you, are you ready? <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> that was... <laughs> pretty good right that was good. <laughs> it was it was sitting right there i know you loved the, the transitions yourself but the that that's so funny I, I was actually gonna i was gonna do something with complicated or let go um but that that's that just was perfect i think Let's you need to let, maybe let go of your fandom a, a bit yeah. this isn't gonna be good like let go of my own mythology <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, all right well let's dive in all right, here we go. Oh, here, oh, oh. Here, here, we here we go. go. Yes, sir. So, in 2002... Oh, right. We are going to 2002 this episode. We're usually oh, yes. in the 90s, and we're, we're going back to the future like we've, we've done we've on got, occasion. We've got that dial of destiny. Hey, hey well done. <laughs> uh, cranked up to uh, 2002. The, an album dropped by uh, a Canadian singer-songwriter by the name of Avril Lavigne. And this album is called Let Go. Elia, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on Avril Lavigne's Let Go. I was, this one kind of surprised me. Right. Because um, I, I knew Skater Boy, I remember when this was a big old deal and she was on the scene a lot. And, like, and when she was rocking up MTV, uh, I think like, you know, some, like my sister might have been into her, certainly took some fashion cues. Um, and, and you know, she was, uh, you know, one of these pop idols. I certainly didn't like, go out of my way to listen to the, album when it came out 2002 i was in college i was like getting into the white stripes and shit like that you know i remember skater boy and i'm like oh, that's a fun pop tune and you know listen back uh to that one i'm like yeah this is kind of fun and then to my surprise like the rest of the album it's like a lot of ballads and like it, there's a lot of i heard a lot of alanis on this like, you oh, know yeah the, the Canada of it all. I heard some Natalie Imbruglia on it, hence the Natalie Imbruglia tank top I'm wearing today. I was really surprised by the uh, high-tech production. Like, this isn't like a punk album. Like, there's a lot of, like, bleeps and bloops going on here, and, and uh, you know, a lot of, like, electronic drums, and the production's real sleek and slick, even. Tell me about the origins of this uh, lady. So, okay. Um, so my research kind of stemmed from just, you know, browsing around the internet and watching... Um, I think I've mentioned the Punk Rock NBA. Uh, it's a YouTube show put on by my favorite YouTubers named Finn McKenzie. He did a great video on Avril. A lot of my research um, is, is from those sources. Um, but to my knowledge, so Avril Lavigne, uh, born in Ontario, she's a child prodigy. Her parents realized early on that this girl can sing. Um, they would have her sing in church. Um, she started an open mic. She actually grew up uh, idolizing shania twain 
Um, mm. And when she when she was like 14, 12 or 14, uh, she won a radio competition and actually got to sing with Shania Twain. Uh, oh, wow. Who is, you know, one of the biggest Canadian slash, uh, you know, any uh, slash North American singers of all time, you know? She's got some jammies. Yeah. Um, so grew up idolizing Shania Twain. She wants to be the star, you know? She wants to be like a, a famous singer. Um, she gets discovered at a bookstore um, playing country songs and uh, signs with Arista Records uh, with L.A. Reed. Uh, he's a very influential, very powerful record exec. And they want. I heard. I, I heard she played for like 15 minutes in front of the execs, and they gave her the deal. Like, and she was like 16, and they just like on site signed her. Absolutely, it's like 1.25 million dollars. Gave her. Gave her a 900 thousand dollars signing bonus. At 16, what were you doing at 16? I was watching The Simpsons in my underwear. <laughs> I was like digging up anime VHSs and jerking off a lot. Like, at 900 thousand dollars would have ruined my life. <laughs> Like and and what's what's really fascinating and it really you know so they wanted um they wanted Avril to be this like kind of a country singer they wanted they said like Faith Hill meets Cheryl Crow I heard um, the Faith Hill thing a lot yeah but uh, while she was in high school in Canada she um she was friends with a lot of the skate skating crowd which in mm -hmm. skating music is you know not always but kind of like. The activity of choice for punk rockers, you know, that's your your Cali boys. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not limited to, um, but you know, listen to the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack, and it's all punk rock, you know. Um, mm -hmm. She she had this interest in this like um, more more rock sound, um, and kind of put her foot down. From what I understand, the album originally was like really overproduced and had a bunch of like electronic drums and she was like no like i want to be more rock um mm -hmm. and they trusted her and, and uh they let her they let her do what she wanted to do at 16 team that I, I oh you know like i can't even pretty wild and yeah, um, she, she, she she drops out of high school with with a million dollars and like moves to california and then like i guess for two years tried to find producers that got her vision right that's the story she hooks up with a writing team called the matrix the matrix which i i could have sworn these folks like came up with our electronica one of our electronica discussions but i i, I, I looked into them i couldn't i didn't recognize the names yeah yeah uh same i was like okay um but they worked what? with like a bunch of they went on to work with like a bunch of pop guys and corn yeah yeah a previous episode i think the first episode inaugural yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh so this album comes out and it's a hit. Uh, I remember my earliest memories of Let Go. I was in uh, seventh or eighth grade, and I was talking to a friend, um, a fellow classmate, a, a, you know, a, a girl, and she. I was like, "What do you, you know?" I was. I just burned like a Blink One Eight Two CD, and mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, do you like? Do, do you listen to Avril?" And you know, and I was like, um, at the time, I probably would have like stuck my nose up. At this because he was just like mm -hmm. what you know and i'm like i go no i, I don't and i remember her saying like oh, her lyrics are so good she's so good mm -hmm. and that that memory gosh that was what 21 years ago now that memory stuck with me i wish i could have gotten like um 
someone who who listened to this album, a, 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 a female who who listened to this album back then, to get their opinion we, on we, it, lived an experience. Experience, yeah, you know, because um, I can talk all I can talk all day how much these songs kick ass because uh, they do, uh-huh. but I can imagine it. It was really big for girls to hear Avril singing this pop punk music, pop rock music, and think, "Oh, I could do this," you know. Yeah. So I I think there's a direct line, kind of like from Gwen. We talked about Gwen to Haley Williams and Paramore, um, but I mean, Avril's right there. Um, she's very very influential um uh for sure yeah i think like i was expecting it to be like angsty pop punk but it's really more empowering pop and and, like uh ballady rock stuff like it's not like parents just don't understand life is hard it's more like like i'm badass and you're about to find out why like the ending of skater boy like shook me like, yeah. like I hadn't like, listened to the lyrics in quite some time. Like, you know, he, he, he's just a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. He wasn't good enough for her. And then like the final like reprise is like, he's a skater boy. Now he's with me. Like, and you got tickets to the show and now watch. Like, he's more than a friend. We're in love. Now eat shit, you dumb yeah. bitch. Because <laughs> he didn't see how cool he was at the time. And like, that's a cool story. Like, and but it's also like, you know, kind of like a revengey, but like, for a 16 year old to hear that it's like fuck yeah like it is cool like to be in these like um on the outskirts like you know punky uh rebellious groups and all that and like you, you like watch what happens you know you, you know you a little like you know britney spears blonde like cool girls like I'm, let's we'll see how our lives go because i'm gonna like we're gonna go somewhere cool because this is where the heart is somehow exactly yeah and i so I, I, you know, was re-listening to lyrics on on this round because you know, thinking back to my friend from eighth grade, you know, and there's a lot of really, I think, really positive messages um, in this one for, for any listener, but particularly for for girls like maybe looking to find their own identity, maybe you know, like, and I think one of the songs with that message is anything but ordinary. I, I was like shook by by that one um by the message of this i think it's like i don't i'd rather be anything but ordinary you know and yeah i think that that's just so cool that they're that this album existed and you know um maybe hope maybe was that that thing that got you know that introduced you know girls to pop punk uh my probably my favorite genre of music you know because when you think about pop punk it is very much a a male dominated genre kind of like you know unfortunately any every any type of rock and roll i mean it's always like guys singing about how girls screwed them over or my girlfriend cheated on me or i don't want to grow up or you know it's stuff like that it's always from that male perspective um but you didn't get Uh you you got something different from let go and that's why i think it's it's a really special really special piece of art for sure really dug skater boy still i think it's just a fun pop pop jam Oh, um, it's, per- it's a perfect pop song. Yeah, I'm throw that on any old time at the club. People will go nuts. Um, oh. Especially, you know, people in our generations. I always forget how apart we are in age. What? Well, I, I mean, I'm only 28 years older than you. So, you know. Just, <laughs> oh, right, because you're... I just turned 68, so. 
Yeah. When you see the new Indiana Jones trailer, you're like, Hey, we used to have them. We called them cereals. They played before the movie. <laughs> Just like, I wish I had the Dial of Destiny. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I liked um, I'm With You. I heard this one them before, and it's like a cool... I, I really enjoyed the melodies on it. It was a nice ballad. Um, the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, there's that, there's that Alanis kind of thing going on, right? A lot of, a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah in, in this one. Which yeah, why, yeah, yeah, kind of stuff, you know. Kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, I, I heard a bit, like, I heard a bit more like Jewel vocals than Stefani vocals. Like, oh yeah, there, there's always like the like cool like power pop guitars behind everything, but like she's like. She is singing, and she's not. And there's like the one kind of awkward tune where she raps a little bit. <laughs> which, which one was that? It was kind of cute. I liked Unwanted, but that's when like the production started throwing me off. And like I know she really wanted like this, uh, you know, pop punk thing going on, but it reminded me like with like the little synth, like beat boops of it all. It reminded me of like a William Orbit production. Yeah. He, the guy from Ray of Light. Uh, oh like, yeah. And like, and then like, cut into acoustic guitar all of a sudden, and then way back into like the slammy, jammy, pop punk stuff. I'm like, and then like, but in between, like on like the little breakdowns and everything, there's like, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop, boop. I don't know what the Matrix is doing necessarily, but it sounds yeah. a lot like William Morbid. <laughs> this thing sounds slick, uh, like you said earlier. I, I personally thought the, so Skater, Skater Boy, iconic. I'm with you. An amazing ballad, but you start off this three song sequence of bangers with <laughs> possibly i don't know if it's her most iconic song because she's i mean she's been around she's over a 20 year career i think i i, I saw 40 million albums sold um uh, platinum and, seven times uh her most recent album love sucks is really good um <laughs> when did that come out uh, i was wondering if she, what she's been up to lately uh two years ago Oh wow, she's still kicking. Huh. Um, oh yeah, she's probably more relevant than ever. Um, and I think I think it's because a lot of people are realizing, like, oh yeah, like she's the queen. You know, like when it wow. comes to like when it comes to pop punk, Avril Lavigne, she did so much for the genre. Um, but wow. I, but you start off this three song sequence with complicated. With complicated. Yeah. Oh, you don't like that opening track? Losing oh, grip. Oh no, I, I love losing grip. I, uh, no, you hate it, don't you? I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> I think it's a pretty cool opener, man. Like, oh, yeah. we're setting, but it's it, oddly sequenced because it like be like the energy like kind of dr drops. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, I, go on. I would have probably put Skater Boy second, mm. or maybe even opened with Skater Boy. I, I would close the album with Complicated. There's a lot of tracks in here. Thirteen tracks. That feels uh, um, ambitious. Um, but complicated. I remember so. I remember vividly the music video for it. She's like running around with her band uh, in the mall. In the mall, they're skateboarding. I saw it. I, I, thought, I said it was. I wrote down it was kind of cringy. <laughs> but like, and and it made me wonder. Like, wait, is, was she like a like a Disney kid or something? I, I didn't know. Like, 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 does she have act and acting back? Was she a child actor or something like that? Uh, no, nah, she was. Um, she she was just you know. I, you know, singer-songwriter from Canada that, but yeah, it's very cringy, very of its time. Those are the music videos, like running around, like being dumb with your friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it was fun to go back and, and revisit that, but I sent you a video for supplemental, uh, listening slash viewing. 
Yes, you did. You check it uh, out. I sure did. Jake sent me a video of Avril and her band covering uh, Fuel by Metallica. Oh. What was the context for this? Because Metallica was in the audience. They kept cutting to them. They're like, whoa. Um, Is this like some Metallica party? It was a MTV icon uh, that they did. It was 2003. uh, And it was just like um, um, they did. They had a bunch of bands covering Metallica songs um, for this icon show. And Korn was on there. Um, Korn did Covering Metallica? Yeah. Korn did one by Metallica. Limp Bizkit did... Welcome Home Sanitarium. Um, oh. and, Av- and Avril did um, Yule, which is a kick-ass song. What'd you think? Um, I dug it. I dug a lot. Yeah, I dug it's, it. It's pretty cool, right? And and like they kept on cutting to the band, like and each one of them were like, oh my god, hell yeah. Like, yeah, pretty cool. That, um, yeah, well done. I think that, that probably sold a lot of people on on Avril because you know Metallica. Oh, where, where, when was that show? Where like on the timeline is it? 2003 so you're you know maybe a year after let go came out so yeah, she's yeah. she's hot like you know she's a big old deal yeah yeah um but yeah um avril you know she's gonna follow like she follows um she follows let go uh with under my skin uh which is another total banger that one comes out in 2004 uh and she she continues to go more and more pop um, mm-hmm. uh, you're probably familiar with um, her song uh, Girlfriend the, Hey, hey, you, you, I don't like your girlfriend No way, no way, I think you need a new one Is that her? <laughs> okay, wow Yeah, right. yeah <laughs> Okay, um, right on, yeah, I remember that one And so she gets more and more pop um, But she dropped, uh, like I said, uh, Love Sucks in, uh, last year, 2022 oh, um, wow. th- That one, um, Travis Barker was a producer on it uh, John, John Feldman, um, he he sang for that band Goldfinger, and he's kind of like a legendary um, pop punk producer, and so it's a lot more rock influenced. Um, cool. So if you need a little bit more Avril, uh, check out Love Sucks because um, it's it's very good. Um, to- total recommend. All right. Do you have this one on vinyl? Uh, so we went, to, ah! we, went to, <laughs> we went to Target earlier, and I was like, oh man, because uh, they, they just celebrated. Um, the 20th anniversary of this record that was oh, kind of neat being able, being able to do this um and the target did a special pressing um and i, I was going to get it for the show um but they didn't have it i was so bummed out because vinyl, so vinyl collectors out there follow target and walmart's vinyl selection because they, they they get exclusives all the time it's pretty weird man i have a couple metallica did some walmart exclusives and like they're like beautiful they're on beautiful like color vinyl they sound good uh yeah t- totally check out those <laughs> exclusives are a lot of fun um but yeah i really enjoyed this one um I, i'll return to the hits and i will definitely return to i'm with you because that one really stood out to me i might have an in on someone with an opinion who happens to be uh female and and was of age when this record came out and meant a great deal to them and i think if I get it, we'll play it right now. Okay, so the year is 2004. The girl is me, Lauren. I am 13 years old, I believe. And picture me getting up 
for school. I'm not a morning person, so I'm very upset and half asleep and not speaking to my mom uh, because I just hated being alive that early in the morning and now I've got to go to school. I hate going to school. I hate being at school. I was one of those kids that just, I at ne- school never worked for me. I never fit in. I, I was miserable. I got bullied all the time. And uh, I was also one of those kids that uh, I was not fortunate enough to have a parent that could drive me to school. So for my entire pre-teen and teenage life, I had to ride the bus to school, which was just an absolute embarrassment and shame for me because back then, I, I don't know how it is for kids now with school, but back then it was like if you were one of the kids that had to ride the bus, you know, you weren't like, you weren't privileged enough to have a parent that can like drop you off at school. And so I was one of those kids. There were a couple, I grew up in the same neighborhood all throughout middle school, elementary school, and high school. So I rode the bus with pretty much the same kids for like, you know, however, yeah, however many years that was, over a decade, I rode the bus with the same kids. And never once was I one of the kids on the bus that uh, was laughing and joking and running around and not staying in their seats. You know, every bus had like their own little click, like you had these bus clicks. And I was the quintessential kid who would sit in the back of the bus, if I could, and pull out my Walkman, put those big fat headphones on my head, and lean against the window and look out the window and not talk to anyone. <laughs> and uh, that was my entire persona. And if, uh, if you went through my CD collection back then, uh, or, or if anyone ever asked me, you know, what's, what are your favorite CDs, I'd list off three CDs. As the year's 2004, so I, I'd list off three CDs, three bands, and these were my, like, go-to, pull them out of my back pocket, these are the best, this is what I'm listening to, and that was, um, oh gosh, that was the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, uh, Fever to Tell, that was the Killers, Hot Fuss, and Muse, Absolution, and so this, the, I just considered these, like, if you were going to define me as a person, as Lauren, if anyone asked, like, the yeah, or, yeah, 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 as the killer's muse. There was one CD in that little black zip, zip around CD case uh, that I had that I, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was because I was ashamed of it. I think it was because there was this one CD in there that meant so much to me. <laughs> defined so much of me not as an outward person but as an inward person the person that no one knew and there was one cd in there that got so much playtime. the the limit does not exist to how much i played this cd and that was avril lavigne's let go and i you know when people ask me about my favorite bands i never said avril lavigne i never talked about this this album because for me, this wasn't one of those albums you put on a list. This album was like me in music. And it, and it was so deeply personal to me <laughs> that I just didn't talk about it with people. But on those bus rides, 13 years old, so 
end of middle school, most of the beginning of high school, this CD, I would get on the bus, I'd sit, take my seat in the back, no one would talk to me, I'd take out my Walkman, I'd pop it open if it wasn't already in there, and I'd, I'd put this CD, I'd put Avril Lavigne's Let Go in that Walkman, I knew where every scratch on that CD was, I knew which songs skipped, I knew everything about that, I knew that CD backwards and forwards, and I'd put it on, and I'd put those headphones on, and I'd press play, and that CD was the soundtrack to my, not just my life, but that morning bus ride to and from home and school. And even today, as an adult, there are so many times that I flash back all of a sudden and in some sort of emotional state to me sitting in that bus, looking out a window and listening to that CD. What Avril Lavigne wrote and, and produced, really, and put out there in that record sang to a very specific generation of young girls, probably boys, but I'm, I'm just going to speak from the experience of being a young girl. And it, it was so specific. The, the girls she was singing to, it, it was this... I don't want to call it like a lost generation, but it, it was these these lost girls. Like, you know, there's the lost boys. Well, there are these lost girls. And you know how there's the quintessential sad boy? Well, there was the quintessential sad girl. And I, I was definitely one of them. And I know if I was out there, there was, there was more of me out there. I just didn't know a lot of them when I was younger, when I was a kid. And it's these girls who... You know, we had so much passion in us and, and we, we just never fit in. No matter what we did or, or who we tried to be or who we knew we were, there just, there was no real fitting in. And school was always torturous for us. We hate, like these were the girls that hated playing the game. We hated playing the game. We knew the game existed and we knew nobody was really talking about the game. But you know, the game that, that all kids kind of have to play growing up and and it's it's a shame but it's true like i mean there's so many movies from the 80s the 90s even today like written portraying this this world that teenagers have to grow up in it's just so cutthroat <laughs> and and there were these girls and, and avril lavigne knew these girls she was one of these girls and she sang to us and and, and Man, everything, every lyric in the album was like she was speaking everything I was feeling. That that there's a, a lyric in "I'm with you," and when "I'm with you" came on, it was like, "Oh, here we go, <laughs> here we go." I'm gonna cry every time I listen to this. The 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 lyric where she's where she's talking about standing on the bridge and she's alone. It, that. That image of, of, I would always picture myself in New York, even though at that time I'd never been to New York. And I'd picture myself there standing on a, on a, a bridge in Central Park uh, in, at dusk and it's raining. It's, I mean, it's so, it's so emo, but it, but it was true. It was how I felt inside. Like they, I was just alone. I felt so alone. I felt so misunderstood. 
I just, I didn't feel like I, I fit in. And so there were these girls that felt that way and they, they were girls who didn't quite fit in, but, but they wanted to. And that was the thing. And it wasn't it, that want of wanting people to understand them and be around them and accept them and love them and nurture them. And it wasn't the same desire that like, that, that girls or anyone really had where they wanted to like fit in in this the social class in high school and middle school. It wasn't like we wanted to fit in because we wanted to be popular. If anything, we didn't want to be popular because these were also the girls who were, who were nerds. These were the girls who were skater chicks. These were the girls who were hanging out with skater boys. These were the girls who, you know, we wore chokers and baggy pants and we didn't want to be the preps and the jocks. We weren't a prep, we weren't a jock. And, but we still had the desire that, you know, the preps and the jocks had where we wanted to fit in, but not because we wanted to be in a clique. These were the girls who wanted a clan. These were girls who wanted friendships that were built on like, loyalty and built on passion and built on on understanding deeper parts where everyone kind of just got each other and and we these are the girls that wanted to be a part of groups who are a little maybe you could say a little anarchist you know they were the kids that kind of wanted to go against the flow um didn't really want to fit in you know so socially they didn't want to follow the rules really but these were lonely girls that she was singing to, who, these were girls who could see through bullshit. And I, I, I mean, it's this album meant so much to me. It's, it's almost hard to kind of like break it down because it was, it was just the, the whole thing was just one big masterpiece for me emotionally. And I'm sure if I felt that way about it, there must be so many other girls out there in the world who were equally as shaped and defined by this album, who this album was the soundtrack of their life. And, and it was for me for years, years, this was the soundtrack of my life. And I'd be moving through life. I'd be in certain situations in my life and I would hear those songs playing from, from Avril Lavigne playing in the back of my head and, and, uh, and, just just living the words she was singing because she knew man she knew she she spoke to that generation there's there's only one other maybe a couple but but one other female artist that sticks out to me from that time who I could say did the same thing and was singing to the same girls and that was pink uh when she when she did misunderstood and but you know pink was sort of singing to sort of the same girls but maybe a different subsect of these girls she was kind of singing to the girls who had didn't just have emotional scars she was kind of singing to the girls that had real scars she was kind of singing to the girls who've been through some real shit in their lives you know probably with their families came from broken homes like that's really who pink was singing to she was kind of singing to the much more rough and tumble girls out there uh Av avril lavigne's let go 
was still kind of speaking to girls who'd been through some stuff, but um, these were more the girls with like emotional scars. These were the, these were the girls that didn't have a lot of outward scars. They weren't like big troublemakers. These were kind of the more maybe the more quiet girls who were a little more riot girls on the inside, right? And that's who I was. I was a riot girl on the inside, but I was a total quiet girl on the outside. I'll say. You know, I'll put that CD in. I, when when I, it, and I, I, when Elliot told me that you guys were gonna cover this album, you know, I, I whipped out my phone and went on Spotify. It was so weird that this wasn't, that I wasn't popping a CD into a Walkman to listen to this song. You know, it's on my, my dumb iPhone and I'm plugging it into my, my car's computer and playing it that way instantaneously. But he told me, you know, when he told me that that Sippin' Mimos was gonna do Avril Lavigne and he was asking me like, you ever listen to that? I was like, have I ever listened to, to Avril Lavigne? Uh, and I, he told me this, I was just having a terrible day. I was having a terrible day. And so, you know, we're like, well, let's pop it on because we're in the car and, and I turn it on on my Spotify and the, those, oh, those first few notes, man, the dun, 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 those first few notes start playing and it was like a tidal wave hit me. I mean, it was like, it was like if, if my life were a movie, this would be the, the, the cut to where, you, you know, it like fades, not fades, it, it, it like zooms in on it from current Lauren like right onto Lauren who's 13 back in that bus with her head against the window and it's raining outside and she's got her Walkman on. I mean, it was like, it was like I was right back to 13. And listening, re-listening to that album as a 32 year old with a kid now who has so much bigger problems in her life, like than, than you know, feeling feeling alone or, or being a lonely kid, it still hit. It still hit so hard. And it, 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 almost, it almost made my bad day better <laughs> to hear that, to re-listen to this album and, and relive it and re-experience it as an adult. Uh, that, was, that was, as Elliot would say, delicious. Uh, <laughs> it was a delicious experience to re-listen to this album, and and just just hearing those first couple of notes that that I don't know what they're I guess it's a it's a guitar with a with an effect added to it, but uh, you know that just that those that that intro man just the first couple of notes of that intro brought me right back into it. Avril knew what she wanted. And she fought for it and she did it. And it was, it was what she wanted to do. And it's how she wanted it to sound. And she, who she was singing to, who she made this music for, who she made this album for, you know, there are very, very, very few, few artists and musicians who, who can really, truly have the music they wrote for their generation actually define their generation. And, and 
It didn't define an entire generation because again, it, this album didn't speak to everyone. This album defined a generation of young girls who felt very alone, very misunderstood, and and who, but who were just these passionate girls. And they were girls that really wanted people to feel passionately about them. And she, you know, if you guys are, if you guys ever get Avril listening to this podcast, and if you put this on here and she hears this, then, then Avril, what I have to say to you is, I got it. I got this album. I got this album so deeply that it was more than music for me. It was, it was like, it was like my soul. It was like, and it sounds so cheesy to say, but it's so true. And Avril, I'm so proud of you for making this. You, I want you to know that if, if I felt this way, then, then there were so many others that felt this way. So many others that loved what you had to say, that resonated with what you had to say, and who, who this album meant so much to them. It meant so much to me. And I just, Avril, if you're out there, if you hear this, I want to thank you so much for giving me that album, for giving me the, the strength to get to school every morning because I, there were so many mornings where I just didn't think I could do it, where I just wanted to, to walk off the bus and walk away from school and just never come back. And every morning that I got to put this album on and listen to it, and my bus ride was almost the entire album, so I could get through it, you know, first song to last from Losing Grip to, uh, to oh my gosh, Naked, I think is the last um, song on there. Thank you. Thank you for singing to the girl I was. Thank you for singing to so many other girls out there who must have been like me and felt the way I felt. And, you know, just I hope you're so proud of what you made, Avril, because we are. <laughs> and we love this album. I love this album. I, I, wish, I wish I could have actually been on the podcast with, with you guys, Elliot and Jake, so you could ask me specific questions about songs and stuff. I might send Elliot a couple of, of blips about specific songs, but um, just in general, uh, yeah, this was the the defining album of my pre-teen and teenage years. Um, might actually be the defining album of my life, really, honestly. Okay, that was it. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome. Seamless. <laughs> well, okay. So, okay. So we're, we're in 2002 this year. Uh, we as, are in 2002. As you said earlier. And, you know, um, the, the White Stripes, you talked about them a little while ago. They were number mm-hmm. one on Spin's top 40 albums of the year. Um, so for any band that year you're going to be in, you're you're kind of like in the shadow of the white stripes <laughs> and when i say any band i mean any artist um even if your name is dj shadow <gasps> here, here we, we go, go! why don't you tell me a story please tell me a story too you know i 
So okay. So I so I was thinking. So so this isn't our first time revisiting electronic electronic artists because we did Moby. We've repeated Moby. We've repeated Chemical Bros. We've talked about Daft Punk a couple times, but by happenstance, we did homework and then we did like a tribute episode when they broke up. Yeah. But so this is um, this is us returning to one of one of my favorite episodes. the iconic, the elusive. DJ Ooh, Shaz. elusive! I like elusive. Speaking no. of elusive, did you see Apex Twin is like dropping music, new music? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got like a cool new vinyl thing coming out too. Like it looks really dope. Yeah, um, it looks wild. He does that. He just drops stuff whenever he feels like it. I think is it on Warp? I think he's got some deal with Warp Records. For reference, the, the, listen, listen to our episode on Apex Wing. It's a spooky one. It's a spooky, spooky, ooky episode. We talk about Ooh. him riding a tank. Yeah, see, he rides in a tank and he has spooky. <laughs> the spooky Apex It's the spooky ooky. <laughs> he's, a, he's a weirdo. Did we do that one with Rob? That was spooky because we did that one with Rob Zombie, right? Was it was Rob a, Zombie and, and, uh, and, and Apex? That was Because we, we did Come to Daddy. Yes. Ooh, that, that album might work. And then made you watch the music video. <laughs> oh, man, that was that was that was a spooky episode. That's oh, sends shivers down my spine. That was sip, that was paranormal sipping memos. <laughs> <laughs> Paramemos? I don't know. Para- uh, um, okay, oh, Sh- shifting gears. Yes. Tell me about Private Press from two thousand two. Right. Um. So. Uh, 96 introducing comes out and that's the one we talked about previously it's one of my favorite albums it's in my top five probably four maybe three i fucking adore it i think it's fantastic i think it's next level good and, and it's like cool kind of like postmodern dj like sampling production world you enjoyed it too right i enjoyed it um so much so that i found the vinyl one of my favorite shops in the austin area <laughs> breakaway breakaway records thank you sponsor um, us sponsor hey we love vinyl we love record stores in austin and uh they had it and i didn't think twice i snatched it up hell yeah is it is it the anniversary one it's like uh slow press or whatever it's called og pressing og pressing really Ooh. Uh, well i think Delicious. it might be like a second i think it might be a second pressing but it's i think it's from like 90 96 97 yeah yeah i have one of those pressings and it got rained on oh because I mean, I had like a leak in my apartment. I don't want to talk about it. But I got the new like <laughs> deluxe edition, which is dope. Anyways, so like years later, like, everyone's like waiting for his follow up, right? Because that record like blew blew minds, and it became a big old deal. Like then that trip hop world, you know, there with your massive attacks, uh, even your Bjorks a bit, and, and all this. Um, so Shadow waits a while to follow it up. He releases like a little EP of his like uh, older stuff because he was pretty hot. A couple years later, um, it's called Preemptive Strike. It's, like, it's just kind of an EP. And then finally releases his new material and it's the private press. He calls it the private press because he finds these old records that are one of a kind. Um, there was a system where people could go into a little booth and like 
read a letter to someone and it would cut to vinyl and they could ship it to someone and like instead of writing a letter they would send a piece of vinyl and they could listen to it um so we have the album bookended by these private press recordings of like you know mom's fine we're doing great and all this this album kind of knocked my socks off because i was very excited for new shadow it's it feels to me like it's underrated in hindsight like i don't think it got the uh, clout that it des is deserved because uh, it's it's maybe only because it's more of the same it's shadow like returning to form it is him doing his weird you know you know ser serene like sampling always with the big beats but this one has a bit more of like a, a sense of humor to it but also like this story that doesn't seem to end well if you look at the album as a story he's, he's throwing in like weird like kind of like synth pop Roland hits like there's some like he's doing like um you know there's like some 808s that are crushed on here and stuff like that he's like doing a little like 80s kind of vibes on here every once in a while and it kind of tells us a story about uh, i just wrote down cars and death there there seems to be a motif uh mortality to the album i think i don't know if he maybe had a uh an incident happen with, with related to an automobile uh, or something, but it seemed to be on his mind. Shadow, Josh Davis, is a very quiet man. He's a, he keeps to himself. He uh, is a humble man. He's not one of these rock and roll guys. Uh, he's not a superstar DJ throwing his hands up in the air and letting, you know, and getting everyone to lose their shit. He's like trying to like emote through this stuff and he's finding all these cool samples, you know, look back at our other episode uh, about Shadow to like see how he does it exactly. Um, I sent Jake this uh, uh, a playlist of, of his live recordings from the album uh, In Tune and On Time. And it's, it's a lot of material from introducing and, and uh, private press, you know, mixed together along with his other stuff. But I sent, it, I sent it to Jake mostly because of the intro of the show. He just walks out on stage, he's got a big plastic record, he goes, hey. And he seems kind of uncomfortable being there. He's like, hello, London. The crowds are going nuts. He's like, okay. Uh, is it has everyone heard my stuff before <laughs> <And they're> like, <laughs> he's like oh, okay cool like, i just wanted to show you what i'm doing it's like i got a couple turntables he's like give he gives like a tour of his like booth before doing the show he's like and then there's an npc over here and then like i got all my records right here like he's telling everyone what he's about to do for transparency's sake like i don't know <laughs> like, that's why you guys know okay anyways he, uh uh all right cool 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 yeah yeah all right we're gonna get going and then like, ooh, like the music starts slowly and just builds in. <laughs> like he didn't have to do that. He could have just walked up there, put like, you know, put the first record on and like got going. Why did he feel the need to like go out there and introduce himself? It's just an odd, it's a it's it's just curious to me. Uh the album has a sense of humor, like the like the um oh oh boy, uh uh mashing on the motorway uh, uh with the guy that's like just road raging and like my bad beep beep you hear people like swearing and he's like driving down it's got like this weird kind of like uh like surf rock like rhythm behind it and like these cool keys a lot of cool keys on this album um but it, like, and it starts telling these stories and like a lot of the pieces uh are, are in two parts like mongrel and then like meets his maker and then I'm gonna save one of my favorites for later, but uh, I think it's a fantastic piece. There's some really beautiful stuff going on here. Jake, what'd you think? So I, you know, 
I really loved introducing. So when you said we're gonna, you know, talking DJ Shadow again, I was really excited、um, to get back into the world of DJ Shadow. I think I may have liked this one even a little more than introducing. Ooh, bold. Con- controversial opinion.、Um, I loved the drums on this thing. The drums are the thing that、yeah. stuck out to me the most.、Um, now、yeah. this album is not streaming anywhere. This is another thing too, which I think might be related to why it's underrated. I think it has a lot to do with the samples he's using.、Um, some of these、uh, got complicated and it got pulled from a lot of、um, services. It's not on Spotify, listeners. But some people have theories where oh, there was a sample. That someone found, and they're trying to, you know, get money out of them or whatever,、uh, or, or out of the label, or they're gearing up for a re-release. And that sometimes they take, sometimes they take the original down to build up hype for a re-release, a re-pressing.、Uh, but I don't know. So yeah, yeah. I stream the majority of my music on Spotify.、Um, I do have、right. an Apple Music account, but I, I、uh-huh. rarely listen to it.、Uh-huh. I don't know why I didn't think to check there because I so I listen I listen to this thing on YouTube,、uh, and、yeah. I was gonna say、uh, even through even through YouTube, you know, with sound quality might not be the best. The drums、mm-hmm. were so just upfront and just stuck out to me and just sounded so good.、Um, yeah, he, yeah, he's really gotten a far. He's gotten、um, leagues beyond from like finding a cool drum loop that he likes. And then just looping it, and then adding, finding one that like、uh, um, complements that, and laying it on top. He's like staggering stuff, and like putting like stuff in between, going double time, and like slowing things down. Even like slows the tempo down and builds it back up. It's amazing. It, it was it was it was like quite stunning、uh, to hear that.、Um, but so I just checked on Apple Music. Oh, this damn thing is streaming on Apple Music. <laughs> Son of a bee, we could have.、Uh, all right. All right. Well, okay, gonna, listeners, find it on, gonna, on Apple. We're, we're going to re-record this. <laughs> What?、Uh, no, 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 no. I, I'm. We had to do that with、um, with Richie Houghton. You know,、uh, you know, had to do had to YouTube listen.、Um, so it's no problem because、um, you know the the kind people on YouTube that have this album up there did a really great job of of hosting it. But I Richie Richie Houghton's Dexia Effects of Nine Hundred Nine is not streaming in many places. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well,、I'll, I will be a son of a gun. How about uh, that? No,、um, I really, really like this one.、Um, I thought the production sounded crispy. I thought it was,、um, it was just a cool sound record. Like I heard a lot of,、um, honestly, I heard a lot of、um, hybrid in this one.、Um, Interesting. I even because of all, some, all like the break beats and stuff and the strings. The strings. Yeah.、Um, and the、uh, the beats, even though they weren't.、Um, Even though they weren't the same,、um, maybe they weren't done on, on whatever instrument、um, the Method Crystal、uh, did on Vegas. I actually heard a lot、awesome. of Vegas、um, by Crystal Method in the drums.、Um, there were, I mean, but they were like、uh, recordings of like analog drums.、Um, yes. Crystal Method doesn't use those. To,、uh, not that, at least not that I remember.、Um, no. Um, but I heard a lot of like. <laughs> you know, like which I was like, that kind of reminds me of Vegas,、um, where where introducing maybe is a little bit more like introspective.、Mm-hmm. Um, this this I felt like this was 
a little bit more like um, a little bit more welcoming. Um, oh, okay. Maybe it was an easier listen. Easier listen, I would say. Um, How so? I don't know. Where I and I could totally be. And maybe it's because in my research with introducing, you know, I found like I had it broken down, how, like all the tracks that went into each song. Mm-hmm. So I think I may have like, you know, when listening to introducing, I'm I'm trying to figure out okay, what's from what? You know, I remember we talked about there's a Metallica yeah. sample on that song. You know, like that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This I didn't have that experience. I couldn't find anything about what went into it. Um, mm-hmm. But it it seemed like a simpler production um, while, while listening. Um, I think there's I think on this one, and I might be totally wrong. I think there's less samples and more shadow behind it. Like yes. I think a lot of these like digital drums, the Rollins are played by him or programmed by him. I think there's a little more him in it. And and spoiler alert for later albums, he goes full production. He mm-hmm. he loses the sample thing. I think maybe maybe because this one was released to like B plus reviews, you know, um, it wasn't like the Flash where it bombed or anything. But it, it, people were very happy to see Fla- uh, see was Shadow it, back. Was it just like a sophomore slump thing that isn't really a slump. I think he tried so hard to avoid a sophomore slump, and he was nervous about this one. He seems like a pretty anxious dude, and I think this album is about anxiety. I think the album is about his anxiety about the album. I the... think it's the last Jedi of it, of of his albums, <laughs> part part two. How about that? Uh, like, and so he 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 goes a very different direction from here on out. And uh, is it like diminishing returns? I don't want to say that. I don't want to say it's diminishing, but it's not this. Okay. It's just a different like genre entirely. Do you think he? Do you think he stopped maybe like the sample thing? maybe because it was too maybe he do you think it because it took so long or he he had you know conquered the genre and wanted to move on to something else i think he um i think he's like well i've done two of these albums that are built out of other records I, i should probably start making my own like uh and he wanted to like what what can i do like from zero and like build something up just from um, my my production know-how. Uh, so he, he like and he got like really into like I think what they called hyphy, uh, like as like a hip hop subgenre, and uh, started making these pretty wild uh, like hip hop tracks and and getting guest vocalists to like throw bars on top of it. And that's great. Good for him. It's not what the Shadow fans wanted. It's not like we want we want the moody, we want the weird, we want the like down tempo and like what does it all mean of it all? We want weird record samples. We want we want him to dig. Dig, keep digging, Shadow. And he's like, I'm done digging. I'm making making new stuff to add to this pile. Um so, so he just went a different direction and good for him. It's fine. It's fine. I'm, you know, never gonna tell anyone what to do. Uh, but I do. I do miss this era of shadow. Yeah. It's so innovative. Um, it's. I mean, the only thing I can compare it to that we've listened to is um, the Avalanches. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I put those two guys. Oh, oh, I put those two groups. Oh, the shadow and the guys in the Avalanches. 
mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the same category. Um, just, just incredible um, engineers. Um, kind of like collage artists, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, my favorite song on Private Press. Oh, please. Was Right Thing, G D M F S O B. Yes. I love the right that. thing, the right, right, right thing. I love that. It was- Did you happen to listen to the Z Trip remix I sent you? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, so I listened to the one, I, the one I, the one that you sent. Let me see. I find it especially hard to find the right record for the mood. There's nothing yeah. worse than picking the wrong thing. The one I listened to more was the In Tune and On Time Blood on the Motorway. Did you say there was Tom York vocals in there? Well, can we can we wait on that? Let's talk about okay. right thing first, because <laughs> I've got thoughts on that one. Okay. Um, uh, so, oh, but like, but right thing, right thing is great, and that's where you hear like that. <laughs> like that's him. That's him programming beats. It's not. That's not a sample. That's him on a Roland. That's one of him on an eight oh eight or three oh three or whatever. Um, so like yeah, that. Like I'm sure he's done a bit of that before, but he's now he's programming yes. instead of like sampling, and so that's a that's a leap. And there's a bunch of samples in there, and like, and then we hear like the bum, 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 like he's doing like a little like you know some synthy stuff, and there's a bunch of cool samples in there, uh, enough to make your head spin. Did you catch the um, <clears throat> uh, Information Society sample? Uh, no. Do you, do you know Information Society? No, I'm not familiar. They were a big old. They were they were like a well, probably a couple of hit wonder. I wanna know what you're thinking. Is there something on your mind? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that song's called Pure Energy. Um, and there's a there's a like in <laughs> in right thing, there's like bum bum ba dum bum ba dum and then a drum roll, drum roll, pure energy. Like so this one little sliver like uh that's from it's from information society. Yeah, he's got a little. He's got. There's a lot of '80s in here going on. No. Um, what do you think of mashing on the motorway, the 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 car one, the dr- driver rage one? Like you said, that surf rock, that surf rock beat. Yeah. It's like something you would hear in like a Tarantino movie. Yeah, absolutely, Tarantino movie kind of. But that, that that song ends with a car crash, and then we move right into blood on the motorway, which just opens with this piano like. Oh, and they go, you hear the sample, and now, eternity. And we just go in, death, yes, we are now dead. Our character is dead, our protagonist is dead as we listen to this adventure. And it, it's like, uh, a, like a haunting organ, like a church organ kind of deal. Yeah, I, I think it's astonishing. It's nine minutes and 12 seconds long. I think it's unreal. Uh, at a certain point, it starts over and drops in new elements with this guy singing over it. I have not betrayed my ideals. Uh, like uh, this beautiful vocalist, like I don't know where he dug up that. Probably stole it, and that's why it's not on Spotify. You know? <laughs> and um, but I think it is the undisputed masterpiece on this album. I don't think I don't think I think it might be uh, just as good or if better than anything on introducing. Um, I think it's astonishing. It's got these gorgeous strings. And then the like these like sweet sweet double time drums like drop in, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's breathtaking. You and you almost get like those like little like I'm listening to it in real time <laughs> for reference, um, <laughs> and you get like almost bells like 
like ting, tingling. There's in- they're little they're like uh, church bells, like you know when you the handheld little ting tong tong ding oh, bong. Yeah. There's a lot of melody oh, on this man. one. It's it's yes. really astonishing. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And the I sent Jake uh, a piece from the uh, in, live in tune and on time album where he plays a lot of this together and his rendition of Blood on the Motorway uh, live drops this amazing Tom York oh, like croon like scream what? almost what song is that from I, I'm not I'm, I'm talking about I'm not familiar with a lot a ton of Radiohead Tom York recorded it for Shadow really they're buds man Re- that's pretty cool I think in between before, or before this when did Uncle come out? U-N-K-L-E. Uncle is uh, Shadow and James Lavelle. I think 6040, James and Josh. Uh, and featured Tom York on a few tracks. Rabbit in Your Headlights. Do you remember what that one? No. I'm a rabbit in your headlights. Tom York of, of Radiohead, listeners, is a big old fan of Shadow. And they collabed on a few things. And he, he just, I think Shadow must have been... Hey, I'm going on tour. Can you do you have any ideas of what you could do over this one? And she goes, <laughs> and that, that's kind of it. <laughs> and it is like gut wrenching. It's, like, it's, ha- it's haunting. Yeah. Haunting. And then Shadow stutters. It goes, <laughs> it's amazing. It's gorgeous. And like, if you're not, if you don't have goosebumps, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it's a beautiful recording. I'll drop it in underneath this. Uh, but, Man, I love. I'm a big Tom York fan. I think his vocals are crazy. Oh, and then Right Thing Z Trip remix that I mentioned before is like a very cool re- remix of of Right Thing, one of your favorite tunes, and it's kind of a medley of all Z Trip's favorite Shadow tunes. So just kind of, it's kind of like a real big high five, love you, bro, kind of like uh, travel of all all Shadow's best tunes through the beat of Right Thing, and then just it breaks it breaks down and slows down. It's just gorgeous. It's a really well well put together remix. Yeah. Um, and I think this one is uh, just one for the ages, man. Um, hard Absolutely. to find, apparently. Uh, if you see this one on vinyl, grab it. Um, yeah, the I, I love the artwork for it. Um, I was gonna mention the artwork. Uh, so curious. Uh, I love it. Introducing it's just like a photo of him, or, a, or sorry, a photo of like just people looking at a record store, and then like the innards are like very green. You know, and this one's like this cool, like printmaking kind of like white, black, white, and orange going on. It's very much a collage. Um, there you, know, you go. You have, but it, but everything is based around a circle. Um, yeah. There's a there's a hand, and it looks like he's holding almost like a ball, and there's a skeleton, up, like there's a bird, and then there's hands making there's several hands making another circle I, I would you know really really love to see you know what was behind the development of this artwork because it is it's not what i was expecting because like like elliot said introducing is just it's him isn't he wearing a wig in on that front cover or am i thinking what are you talking about on the front cover of introducing no 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 Who it's just a photo of? Someone's wearing. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, but <laughs> yeah, isn't he wearing a wig? Th- neither of those guys are shadow. What? 
Shadow's not on the cover of Introducing Man. What? <laughs> that's that's just two dudes shopping for records, man. <laughs> wait, wait. What? Why would you think? <laughs> I could have sworn. He has we... never been on an. He's never been on an album cover. I will be goddamn. I could have sworn that was him in a wig. Why would you think that? <laughs> you could have sworn that. I was like so confident, like I was gonna bring that up. So like I like in, in my notes from Sam, like be sure to bring up the, that he's wearing. The... Okay, but who did, who, uh, who did we talk about that they're wearing a wig on the front? I don't know, but but uh... okay. The front cover has Shadow's friends, Tom Shimura, in a white wig. Ah, that's who it is wearing a wig. Oh, okay. Okay. So Tom Sh Tom Shimura, who is also uh, they they refer to him on this website uh, medium.com uh, as a hip hop Jedi, Tom Shimura in a white wig and sweater and Xavier Mosley, Chief Excel. That's the guy on the left. Yeah. All right. Ah, okay. I could have sworn that was him. All right. Well, I guess we're both kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's not Josh, I, and, and someone is wearing a wig. I didn't know I there was there, a wig I, involved. I knew there was a wig involved. <laughs> all right. I'm wearing, no, I'm wearing um, a wig right now. Is it, yeah. is it, is it all right? That is good. <laughs> Can that, you that's do that? Pretty, that's pretty good. Well, I can't because I actually probably need a wig. Um, no, you look great. You, <laughs> you look great. Thanks. I, I, I need a haircut so bad. I feel like I just got a haircut, and it's already like, it's, uh, it doesn't help that it's 130 degrees outside. I do. I have to wear. I, I'm pretty thin on top, so I have to wear a cap these days everywhere. Because, dude, if I'm outside without a cap on, get that oh. suntan lotion. Suntan oh. lotion. Yeah, I'm gonna use, use that instead of hair gel. It's bad. <laughs> get a cool, get a cool hat. Be a hat guy. Yeah, I have a. I bought a Spider-Man cap from Disney World. Um, okay. So I, I've been rocking the Spider-Man cap. <laughs> I turned 35 this year. <laughs> Another thing I really, besides the drums um, on this one, I I really noticed the guitar. You know, I you know I'm a guitar guy, and so uh -huh. whenever there's a guitar present, I'm just like I zero in on it. Um, and there's a lot of really like kind of like um, eerie sounding guitars, um, like on uh, like Mongrel, uh, and then it's his maker. It kind of like it starts off with this like weird like I think it might be not arpeggiated, but um, these like pluck notes that are kind of like eerie sounding. Um, I really like that. Um, I loved fixed income. Um, mm -hmm. Giving up the ghost. Um, Walkie talkie. Mm -hmm. um, so all of them? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much all of them. <laughs> um, no, this, this was great. Um, I, this is one I'm, I'm probably going to listen to on my drive to work tomorrow morning. Um, excellent. Excellent. Uh, because it's like it's soaring at times and um, yes. calming and yeah it's uh, beautiful when you're in traffic you need that kind of thing and um, mm -hmm. yeah uh, this is one I'm, I'm certainly going to return to and if I see the vinyl I'm snatching it up yeah absolutely did you like six did you like six days It's the uh at the starting of the week. Oh yeah, that was a weird one. It is weird. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, almost like Hawaiian, like, like, yeah. There's, there's a lot of humor to this one, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I thought it was great. Um, there, there's a world where I, like, I think a critic could see this as disjointed, but I see the, I see the language underneath it and like, it feels like a piece to me. Um, but maybe I'm in, I don't know. I think it's underrated. I think it's incredible. Um, well, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, um, you invent a genre essentially, you know, with that first album. So, I mean, it's kind of like you're almost not doomed because there are still people out there that, um, you know, value this work and, and, and think very highly of it and love it. But, um, but doomed by your own success, you know, you're just like, I think that's exactly what it is. I think he was terrified of the slump of which we've mentioned before and all this. Um, that's why like, uh, mongrel, which opens up side a, like it opens up with welcome to fear side two. So is this album about his fear of the album itself coming out? Ooh. Like I, 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 I can only, you know, guess. I, you know, it's funny. A lot of times I have to be just like, you know, have it like banging me over the head being like, this is what this means. But after this conversation, I'm thinking about, I can't remember the song, which, uh, which song particularly says like his record collection is growing day by day or this record collection gets tied up every minute. Yes. Yes. That's right I'm... thing. Huh? Is it not right? right thing? Thing? Okay. Okay. Right thing. Is it right thing? Yeah. Okay. Now we're talking about this. I, I, I picture a producer who's buying up these records, buying up a ton of records, trying to create something to live up to his, his first album. Like, yeah. his record collection, oh, it's gonna kill me, hold on. I'm gonna see what it says. Pull up on <laughs> Apple Music now, let's see. This tight, tight collection? This, this tight collection gets bigger than that. Oh, this tight collection. So I took that as his record collection. I could totally be wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's very. I find it very difficult to find the record right record for the mood. And there's nothing wrong with making the wrong making the you know wrong decision. So but that's it, him. The, yeah, that's him in his own head being like, oh, I need to create something. Yeah. Well, it's his anxiety about like, what if this record doesn't work? What if it? What if it's not as good as introducing? What if people hate me? Like, I think this is a lot of his anxiety, shyness, and like. I don't need to do this anymore, man. Like, like, uh, can I just have like a radio show and just do that and play yeah. like deep, deep, deep ass cuts of in forty fives like all day? Like, I'd be happy. I don't think he would have been happy there, but he keeps going, and it's you know it's just different. Yeah, I love this one. What What are your? Do you have any final thoughts on Private Press? Final thoughts: If you liked introducing, this is uh, just as good. So. Um, it, I think it's astonishing, and like again, like Blood in the Motorway is unbelievable. Um, if you want more Shadow, there's more of it. I, again, I recommend the live album. Uh, what is it? Whatever. Um, there's lots of cool stuff out there by Shadow. Um, and if you want to like deep dive, then yeah, yeah, dive into the future albums. It gets it gets weird and wacky, and um, he tries new things, and good for him. And uh, and uh, dig on it. Um, I think the the mid 90s to early aughts shadow releases meaning this print strike and introducing are just astonishing and he uh has like he's cemented himself on the 
Mount DJ Moore in my head. And I, I can't think of any like more influential and like profoundly uh, moving like sampling artists, you know, than than Shadow. Like he's leagues beyond Fatboy Slim for me as a sample artist, you know, uh, sample artist. He's an amazing turntablist. Like, uh, yeah, he's scratching he on this one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's an amazing scratcher. Yeah. Um, if you're like this and you, you know the more of the funky stuff that's on here, like you know, Walkie Talkie and all that, um, check out him. His work with Cut Chemist. We'll get to Cut Chemist. Uh, he, him and Cut Chemist. I think I mentioned it on the Shadow episode, on the introducing episode. He and Cut Chemist like have this uh, DJ mix called Product Placement, which is fucking fantastic it's them and like all 45s and they're all 45s from like commercials from like the 60s and stuff and they're just like mixing the shit out of these like 45s which is insanely hard if you know how that how djing works analog djing works but it's fan it's fantastic good luck finding that on spotify uh he's just he's just like on another level man and he like really knows his stuff he's just a connoisseur and a, and a real uh student of these weird student of the weird he's a student of the weird he wants to make weird stuff and i think he succeeds and it's deeply moving and incredibly powerful and i'm a big humongo fan well said i and i, I second that i mimo second to here here mimo second all right <laughs> many people don't realize what an enormous impact their physical surroundings have on their mental well-being being surrounded by a home that feels like you and brings beauty and inspiration into your life gives you a feeling of calm and appreciation of the beauty in the world. You fill your home up with furnishings and items one way or another. Why not make them wonderful and a reflection of yourself? Joyce at Joyce Marie Interiors is committed to bringing beauty and elegance into the world one room at a time. Let her help you transform yours. Because if you could do it yourself, you would. Visit JoyceMarieInteriors.com for more information and tell her Jake and Elliot sent you. Well, all right. Well, um, I think, you know, I think we did a good job of tackling uh, two absolute giants of their genre. Um, if you haven't listened to DJ Shadow's Private Press or Avril Lavigne's Let Go, both from 2002, which, side note, 2002, absolutely the best year for New Year's Eve glasses. Um, uh, go out. <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> go out and um, and listen wherever you listen to music. Um, Private Press is on Apple Music, as I discovered live on this episode. Um, and uh, yeah, if you uh, if you have any experience with these with either of these records, shoot us an email. Uh, drop drop us a line on Instagram. Uh, Elliot's you know really active over there on our Instagram. Um, that's Sipping Emails Pod at at Instagram. Oh wait, no, mm -hmm. at Sipping Emails Pod. <laughs> our our oh, Gmail is Sipping Emails at Gmail. Um, but yeah, no, no, no Sipping Emails Pod at Gmail. Sipping Emails Pod at Gmail. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. Um, but yeah, uh, so for next time. I was just checking the calendar, and I think it's going to be opposite day on <gasps> uh, Sip and Mimos. What do you mean? Well, you know, for three years now, um, I've been dishing out some pretty tasty radio rock, uh, pop punk, uh, R&B albums for you. And, um, you know, I listened to some electronic albums in the 90s back in my day. and um, <gasps> You did not. 
I, I, I would like to bring one to the table for discussion, if that's okay. Is this a ray of light situation? Because if it is, I'm, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> oh, that's controversial episode. <laughs> go, go back to episode ray of light. Stan, smiling Stanley in the corner. Excelsior. Excelsior. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. So uh, for for the next episode, um, I think I think we're going to talk a little Jake Drumgold electronica. <gasps> we're going to do a little switcheroo. We're going to do a little switcheroo. Can I do radio rock then? You can do radio rock. Can I please? You can do it. Okay. Thank I, you, Jaggy. I, I, I hand you the mantle. Thanks, um, Daddy. <laughs> All right, so um, my album next time. What's your electronica from the '90s album gonna be? All right, so uh, in 1999, this better be good. A song, um, a song came out on the radio. I'm sorry, this song came out in 1998. Um, a song oh. came out on the radio that captured my. 10-year-old imagination uh, for much of my childhood. Um, and it's kind of constantly been in the back of my mind since then. So we're looking at 25 years now. Uh, it's a song I re- it's a song I return to, I have returned to uh, a lot and uh, an album that I recently returned to. And I thought, you know what? I, I got to get Elliot to listen to this um, just to see just to get his two cents to see what he thinks about this. Okay. Um, so next time, a switching, switching memos. Oh, I love that switching memos. That's great. Thanks, bro. Um, we are so going we're just, to. We're just, we're just swapping germs. Yeah. <laughs> we're all going to get COVID 23. <laughs> we are going to be talking about 1999's Europop. By the Italian electronic group Eiffel 65. And if you're not familiar with Eiffel 65, the song, mm-hmm. the aforementioned song uh, that yeah. captured my imagination was Blue Daba D Daba I cannot wait. Uh, that'll be a good discussion. I remember when that album came out. Uh, I bought the CD. Um, really? Yeah. I had uh, the CD one, too. <laughs> one to look out for that I actually enjoy is called Living in a Bubble. Oh, I love Living in a Bubble. Oh, I, oh it's got your vocoder stuff. You're going you're gonna to lose oh, your shit. Oh, yeah. Oh. I have, okay. Um, and I have thoughts on the where this nonsense goes. <laughs> it's just rough. Like in trying to take this stuff seriously and like getting out there to try to DJ, and then people are like, "Oh, so you like FL sixty five? I'm like, "Oh, god damn it!" Um, <laughs> uh, it's not going to be another ray of light episode. I'll, I'll be cool about it. Um, <laughs> I've got a couple options here for mine. If I'm going to go rock with it, fuck it. Um, yeah. In uh, in August of 1997. Ooh, a band that I think we've talked about before, and I think you're a pretty big fan of. And they're pretty weird and pretty pretty wild, and they're just so like deeply, deeply, deeply German. They put out an album called Sensucht, and they're called Rammstein. Oh, sh- are we going there? 
Yeah, we're going there. Going to the Stein? <laughs> we're going to the Stein. So let's do let's do Iowa sixty five versus Rammstein. Man, this sense sense this is a match made in heaven. Um, I like love Sensucht. I think it's fucking awesome. There's like uh, you'd be hard pressed to find uh, a song that we can at least make a joke about. <laughs> it's weird, and boy, these guys are weird and like really crazy. And and like when we started the show, we they were about to come to town, right? And then they got uh, remember that? Yeah. Um, have you seen them? I've never seen them. Just on oh, the uh, Family Values 1998 tour VHS. VHS. <laughs> wow. All right. Um. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, of course, there's Duhas. If you can find the, I don't remember Stripped being on the original release. Uh, but Stripped is a uh, what's a cover? Is it not? It's a Depeche Mode cover. If you can find the Depeche Mode cover Stripped by Rammstein, I think it's wild. This is one uh, we've kind of like been circling this one for a while. We so have been circling this one. It's um, it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a really special episode. To find... Oh, I, I'm I'm looking at the track list. I can't wait to revisit this. Oh my god. Uh, if if you if you listen beforehand, fair warning: the album artwork is fairly morbid. <laughs> it's no, was... no worse than an FX Twin cover. This is one of those. No, mom, it's cool. Like it's they're not that. It's not scary. <laughs> it's scary. <What> is this? <laughs> this is some dark, dark shit. Oh, but it's yeah. so much fun, and like the musicality is amazing, and the production is dope. Spillment Mirror uh, is like one of the dopest. Okay, never mind. Well, we'll get into it next time. But oh my goodness gracious! Very industrial friendly. Well, I feel like they're industrial, right? Yeah, you can, you can call them that. That's fine. Um, very industrial Whatever. friendly. Uh, rock album. I cannot wait. It's going to pair really well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> With the Eiffel 65 guys. Industrial metal, Google calls them. So we'll see. Uh, all right. I love that. Oh, I can't. Oh, I'm very, I'm actually deeply excited for that one. That'll be great. Awesome, man. Well, all right. I, very excited for that one. I cannot wait. Um, Elliot, it's been a blast talking, revisiting DJ Shadow uh, and Avril with you. Uh, thanks yes. For, thanks for introducing me to Private Press. Hey, oh, I love that. Um, I'm glad we sorted out all the complications. Uh, and you know what? I'm with you. Yeah. So I'm just going to go back to being a skater boy. Um, so see you later, right. boy. Oh, I will see you later, boy. <laughs> and with that, um, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, give us a follow on uh, Sip and Mimo's pod on Instagram. And then uh, if you uh, tell us about your your experiences with DJ Shadow or Avril Levine or Pop Punk or or uh, sampling, uh, shoot us an email, sipmemilspod at gmail.com. If you got a friend that's that we're covering one of their favorite bands or artists, send a link to them. Just tell your friends. That would help us out a lot. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, oh, but above all, oh. we should tell the listeners too. Hey. Please. Stay sipping. Stay sipping. Stay sipping.